I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to AI Audible, the new narrated article podcast from the Anfield Index podcast channel. The Merseyside Derby, James Bond and Mad Managers by Carl Kopak. If the days leading up to a derby match are tense and emotionally draining, the hours following a win are honeyed and sweet. With Liverpool defending a 17-year unbeaten Anfield record, even the most ardent Copite was a tad concerned with the eventual inevitability of an Everton victory. After all, the Blues will have to bloody our noses one day. We can all understand that, and even accept that fact, but Jesus, not today, lads. Just not today. Kevin Campbell was the last Everton player to score a winning goal at Anfield, and he's now 47 years old. Having played his last top-flight game 11 years ago, his son, Tyrese, currently plays for Stoke City and is the subject of a transfer tribunal request from Manchester City. Tyrese Campbell was not even born when his old man made Blue Hearts soar in the Anfield Derby on September 1999. They haven't won it in the time it takes a child to be born, potty train, go to school, leave school and embark on a football career. But they have to win at Anfield one day, just not this day. Come Felipe Coutinho's goal, the best of his Liverpool career, I'd say. That run was extended for a further 12 months. Everton managed to get back into the game after Sadio Mane's dance across the box, but the Reds were always capable of stretching themselves a little further to see it out. However, it's not the win I wish to talk about today. It's the aftermath and blind obsession and stupidity. Firstly, I like Ronald Koeman. I really do. Maybe it's because he looks like a continental Sammy Lee. Anyone with Ajax and Barcelona on their CV is worthy of respect when it comes to tactical savvy. But following Saturday's game, he went a bit odd. Firstly, he was keen to state just how proud he was of his team. The same set of lads who lost three goals without their keeper moving and whose talisman failed to register a single shot at the Liverpool goal. Proud? Okay, Ron, if you like proud. Then he started on about how he'd press the Reds back after half time and make us defend, always defend. Um, it finished 3-1 mate. And as if that's not quite enough, he then took the Liverpool bench to task for calling for red cards. Ooh, how sinister of us, asking the ref to stop them kicking us all around the ground when Ross Barkley was trying to remake the wonderfully violent hockey film Slapshot in the Anfield centre circle. I don't like that he told the media. 
I don't know if you've noticed this, Ron, but there are more pressing things to worry about than Jurgen Staff shouting at the referee. Firstly, your team mistook hard and combative football for downright thuggery, which I'm fine with, and which we're still shit at, which I'm not. Obviously, I'm all for Liverpool wins over Everton, but it does concern me when managers try to sell the fans a pup. The reason? This. The second half was as good as I've seen a Liverpool team under my management play, that is for sure. I think it was a very good second half performance, therefore I find it hard to accept there was no confidence in the team. We were camped out in their half of the field, camped out in their final third. But while the result was quite clearly very, very bad for us, I am refusing to accept it was a bad team performance. I thought the shape of our team was good, I thought the quality of our passing was good. We did not score goals, and Everton did. But I refuse to sit here and accept that we were in any way outplayed or in any way inferior. If you don't recall that quote, then the next line will have you saying, Ah, and nodding. Take it, Roy. To get a result here would have been utopia. October 2010, Everton 2, Liverpool 0. The last time Everton won the Merseyside Derby. Utopia. I accept that Roy is an easy target, but he's still protected in some quarters by those who say the Raphaites wouldn't give him a chance. Well, that day Liverpool sank to 19th in the league. Yes, 19th. Utopia. I do have some sympathies with managers at times like this. After all, what else could he say? These lads shot at at 2-1 and we couldn't even fell properly. I'm off to get arsehole and throw out my Christmas tree decorations of the red bastards. Well, I'd like to see it. I'm reminded of Alex Ferguson's rant following a disappointing United result at Aston Villa. The waiting press wondered just how he could justify such a poor performance. But what he did was, and I hate to admit it, fantastic. The dour Scott marched in, roared that the ref could have added on more time, told the journos that they were a disgrace, and stormed off. Perfect. They had their story, he kept them at arm's length, and no one lost face. The last thing he wanted was to have to stand up and speak his true mind about his player's performance that day. Classic misdirection. Of course, nowadays managers have to play the PR game and everything is sanitised, with the exception of David Moyes at the weekend. But were I a blue, the last thing I would have wanted to hear was empty words about a nasty man shouting for a decision. I'd want blood. There were distractions elsewhere too. Mike Parry, the blue-nosed presenter on TalkSport, took to Twitter to criticise James Bond actor Daniel Craig for being at the game. Can you believe the gall of Craig? Actually turning up and supporting his own team? The bastard. Absolutely disgraceful that James Bond has come out as a copite. Just a note here, there's one P in copite, Mike, but we're above that level of pedantry. 007 belongs to this nation, not one football club, any football club. And also, people who are telling me that James Bond is a fictional character don't get it. An icon of the world can't have favourites. He's right, of course. And as a fan of the late Leonard Rossiter, it was with a heavy heart that I threw all my Reggie Perrin and Rising Damp DVDs into a skip on Saturday night, as the great man was a blue from Wavertree. I then had to sit through the entire Rocky series, hoping that blue-nosed Balboa got stuffed by Apollo Creed, Clubber Lang, and Ivan Drago. Parry continued with this idiocy, as he knew full well what he was doing. A fatuous and ludicrous argument drew attention from his side losing to the Reds once more. 
No harm done. The point is that misdirection is fine from Parry as he's a one-eyed fan who would do anything but accept the evidence of his own eyes and would come up with anything that would help him avoid the score. But managers have a greater responsibility. Don't tell us that black is white or that shite is gold. As for the Reds, the results from the Emirates, Old Trafford and even Stamford Bridge were most welcome, but they are only three points. The squad is looking light again, and an Anfield without Mane, as well as Alana and Henderson, may be an unhappy one. It looks like we'll fall over the line this May, given the paucity of the squad, again. Oh, one more thing. Apparently Mary Berry is an Everton fan. I'm never eating a cake again. <laughs> Love the idea of Carl sitting through his Rocky box set in the hope that uh, poor El Sylvester would get a good pace and again and again because uh, that's what you have to do if you follow the Mike Parry logic. I wrote about it myself in some of my pieces and uh, it was just tremendous fun, I suppose. And maybe took a little bit of the edge off the pretty unfortunate comments from Kuman that, that um, Carl refers to here. It was just so impossibly one-eyed that I did lose a lot of respect for him. I've said that before. But by far my favourite piece here in this article was when Carl says that he likes Ronald Koeman because he looks like a continental Sammy Lee. And that was absolutely marvellous. I've been spending the last couple of days trying to think of different ways to refer to him. I've come up with a few that I'm comparatively happy with, but that's absolutely spot on. It's just perfect. I have to say I didn't thank him for the uh, references to Hudson. My God, what a bleak, bleak time that was. I had almost started to blank it out. I think it's almost done. It was so dark. And I know some um, American and Canadian friends of mine who began to support Liverpool in that time. And their mental fortitude is something that I cannot even begin to fathom. Can you imagine beginning to support Liverpool in that era with that absolute bumbling imbecile in charge and those gang of numbnuts taking the field wearing the shirt that you would, you know, peel the skin off your own grandmother to get a chance to wear once. You know, Joe Cole standing there with his hands on his hips whilst Roy Hodgson patrols the touchline. That's dark. And really, when you think about that, whatever happens at the end of the season will be fine by comparison. And I'm not sure what Carl meant about will probably fall over the line because the way it was phrased, it sounds as if he thinks it won't happen. But yet, I think he's saying it will happen. I hope it will happen. I think we're starting to put things in the right order. But as Carl says in this piece, it's all about the next few games without those big hitters, how we get on. Thank you for listening to AI Audible. You can read this episode's article along with many others on AnfieldIndex.com. You can download our AI channel app on iOS and Android. And you can find all our AI Audible episodes on Twitter at AI Audible and on AnfieldIndex.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.